Well, hello, everybody. This is Reanimated, a podcast about all things zombie, undead, otherwise you know, moldering in or outside the grave. Uh, my name is Stuart, one of your hosts. I'm coming at you from California. This morning, we have a uh, full bench, as it were, with H.A. Uh, Conrad coming at us from the nutmeg state of Connecticut. Good morning. Good morning. How are you all? Great. How's that? How's that fresh nutmeg? It's fantastic. Um, and they actually uh, got a weird little like snow ice storm. So it's like that kind of uh, it's a bit sort of like that winter idyllic thing going on up here. So so, you know, as you crunch around in the snow. Um, so just up nice. here for, for a few days and yet we still have a rowing machine here. So can't get away from that too long. <laughs> My my mother-in-law has one too. So, so you know, things still kicking along and not drinking enough coffee yet, but, you know. Terrific. Uh, and and end up in the, the uh, northern climbs uh, coming to us from Seattle is Kyle. Kyle, how are you today? I'm back. Feels good. I missed <laughs> you guys last week. We missed, we you, missed too. you too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and I think you've been keeping up with all of us are dead, so uh, we can all jump in. Uh, when we get past our news, but we do have a couple of news items this morning. Um, and the first of them, I know that H.A. Conrad is a huge fan of his character from Zombieland Double Tap and <laughs> wants to talk about this. So go ahead, H.A. Not really. No. Um, so this is something that had been raised in the fall and there had been like an interview about it, I, you know, just about um, there being a spinoff with Zoe Deutsch's uh, character, um, the Matt, the character of Madison. Um, and so it keeps being brought up. So maybe this is something that, um, uh, maybe this is something that's really going to happen. It seems like people are kind of excited about it. Um, I think her character specifically was, um, you know, sort of directly, uh, um, directly offensive to your sensibilities it was but i think it's supposed to be obviously and it's like a commentary on current things but in any case um uh ruben ruben fleischer continues to say that he's um really down for the idea of a spin-off starring starring uh zoe deutsch and so you know i think that it's um maybe this is just trying to get people excited about something and maybe gain some traction. So it feels like, I mean, I think it was raised a couple of times in the fall, like in October, and then this is popping up again. So he did this in like a more recent interview. So I guess he's really excited about it. I don't know. What do, what do you two think about it? I don't know. Kyle, do you have any feelings about her character specifically? Did you see the the sequel? I never saw the sequel. Zombieland uh, kind of felt to me like this weird little like lightning in a bottle kind of movie where like, you know, it, it shouldn't work, you know, like if you described it to somebody, it sounds like it shouldn't work, but it, it did. And it kind of like in a way launched the career of Jesse Eisenberg. I think like he wasn't really, it was pre-social network, pre, um, you know, his role in the Superman movies and that kind of stuff. And uh, I really loved that film. And I just didn't understand where they would go with a sequel or why a movie that was so kind of jokey and self-referential um, needed a, a sequel. And so I kind of avoided it. I know I, I heard it was pretty good. It got decent reviews. I don't know 
what the two of your thoughts were on it, but I was just kind of like, I just want to preserve my feelings toward the original. And so I kind of avoided seeing, seeing double tap when it came out. So I don't have any context for this news at all. I don't think. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I, I thought double tap was okay. It was definitely, I mean, I think you didn't necessarily have to have a sequel, but I think there were some cool things that they did with it. Um, but she is specifically a character that is not palatable. Like, like Mm. she is very much like of, the you know she she's like kind of shallow and um you know but but she plays she's, it a, she's dumb blonde she's, yeah she's she plays a, it to the she plays it to the hill and yeah. so it's kind I of think, interesting that, that Fleischer would say this is his favorite character like I know right such a trope <laughs> I mean she was funny it was laugh out loud funny uh, and I actually kind of enjoyed the character too but all, at the same time you got to just be like well this is there's nothing original about this character. No, and I thought it was more comic relief versus a character that could hold um, a whole show together, right? So I don't know that I would center a storyline around the character, but maybe, I don't know. But he also said that he's definitely down for another, like another film, direct, a direct sequel with Woody Harrelson. And, and well, it sounded like Woody Eisenberg. Harrelson was pushing for that with the, yeah. getting the, the originals back together. And, that could and be I it. think, I think he said, so that that would be something he'd be on board with too. So I don't know, maybe he's just trying to like garner interest, support, see what happens. So we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on this and see if anything actually uh, develops. But, but I think this is a little bit, uh, I don't know. I think it's a, a bit of a reach at this moment in time, but we'll see. Um, and then there was an Italian zombie movie called Don't Kill Me that uh, has been has been advertised. It's um, on uh, Netflix now, apparently. And it, it does seem a little bit um, it's a little bit art housey feeling to me, at least. Um, it's also it, not straight zombie. It's like there's yeah. a vampire element to it. Um, and it's a ta- it's an Italian film. Is it independent? Um, I don't know. I I haven't read too much. I mean, I've read a bit about the story, but I didn't see much about the making of it. Do you have any ideas, Stuart? I don't have a lot of background on the making of it. I, I, re- I learned about it from um, Bloody Disgusting's newsletter, which I'm a proud subscriber of. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I need to go back and read what they had to say about it. But um, I just kind of started looking at the trailer and thought, well, this looks interesting. It's, it's definitely a different take on the genre, unlike our last... Italian zombie film, which was a little more straightforward. It had a question mark in it. The end of the world, I think it was called. Mm. Uh, so this does look a little more, a little different. I, I got, unfortunately, some vibes of, um, what was the name of that? Warm Bodies? No, Zombie Voodoo, that French movie we watched. Just because oh. this, I think, is going to have more of an undead and murdery vibe to it. But but um, was that well, Voodoo it, Child or something, that movie? That yeah, movie? but they're also like... Uh, they're definitely pushing the the horror teenage romance aspect of this. Yeah, so there's I'm definitely, little, yeah, there is a little warm bodies, but I don't think it's going to be a, com, a zomcom like that was. Oh no, I don't think so either. But um, anyway, oh, it looks like it it was it. Warner Brothers has some involvement in this, so maybe they're they partnered with a, an Italian film company on on getting this released. So, um, so not that's not independent, or maybe it was independent, and then they got on got on board, but um. But anyway, I mean, I'm happy to to take a look at it, but I don't know that I I necessarily have a desire to see a uh, like Twilight Zombie film or something like that. With <laughs> what it kind of it's it's giving me that vibe basically. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? I think the trailer is beautiful. Beyond you know, and 
uh, Italian horror has a has a proud history of being extremely uh, visually engrossing and disturbing. Um, but but beyond that, there's not enough here for me to kind of figure out my my Sink level of interest. Into? Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued, but but not much more. Yeah. And then uh, Daisy, it was announced earlier this month. Is um is it well? It's Daisy is a, an older video game, ten years old or so that is going to be adapted into a film by a couple of different British uh, film production companies, which is, uh, I have uh, very low expectations of this. Looking at these guys' body of work, it doesn't look like they've done big projects before. Um, Days, I don't know if you guys have heard of DayZ, but it was, at first it was a mod for a, a military simulation game. And then it's, it kind of broke off and did its own thing and became its own game. And it's basically a sandbox where uh, you are in this landscape, painstakingly uh, designed giant piece of countryside with towns and woods. And uh, that area, that whole landscape is like peppered with zombies. Some of them are fast, as I recall, and some of them were slow. And then it's a, it's a multiplayer game. So other humans are also in there as survivors and, um, Terrible things happen to you <laughs> as a player because uh, you want to just kill the other survivors to take their food uh, because you, there are like starvation mechanics in the game. And so you have to you have to like go into the cities to, to either scavenge food where you could get shot by other people or you just shoot those people and take whatever food they might have. And I think you can even eat other people. In the, the, Wait, in is the this the one where you have to like steal firewood and stuff like that? I feel like you told me about this. Uh, there were there have been a few different takes on this kind of game. There was also H1Z1, uh, oh, which turned that's... into something else. Uh, yeah, there, there have been. There, this was the original, though. This was this was a big, a, like kind of a big uh, zeitgeist moment for zombies <laughs> and video games back in I would say 2011 or 12. AZ um, was like this is one that was in like beta for like. Eight years, right? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, like you, like you had to like yeah, it, it wasn't an officially released game. It was like early access for like a ridiculously long time before early access was a thing. Yeah. yeah, and for a while it was super buggy, and so like half of the fun of it was just like glitching in different ways, and then eventually it got more stable over time until eventually they finally released it as a game. But by that point, I feel like everyone who wanted to play it had played it, and so it kind of landed with a thud by the time they tried to actually sell it for money. Yeah. yeah it might, they might've missed the moment a little bit, but yeah. I think they, I think it made enough money to, um, so it's, there's still a lot of people who played it. I think okay. it broke some records for like concurrent numbers of players on steam. Uh, and Chandler Riggs used to stream himself playing Daisy also. Hmm. Uh, I remember seeing like when I learned that he was a Twitch streamer, this was what he was playing a lot of the time. This and goat simulator, but uh, you know, <laughs> Anyway, so Daisy might be made into a film. Let's all not hold our breath, uh, but it, there's some potential there. I, it's just I don't know because they're also in the in the uh, announcement. They're like this, you know, rich tapestry of story. I'm like, it didn't have a story. It was just a bunch of people murdering each other on the internet, like uh, uh, with with like environmental risks. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm not sure what original story they might come up with, but uh, they're of course against that tableau. You can build a cool narrative, but it, there wasn't one there baked in already. It's like you gotta, you're gonna have to work on it. Uh, and then, Kyle, do you want to talk about the this last link that we're gonna have in the in the show notes, um, the Scarlet Witch related piece? Well, it the only thing that I want to say here, and so the news here is that um, in the Super Bowl spot for in the Mountains of Madness, which is the 
upcoming Doctor Strange sequel um, directed by Sam Raimi, which I'm very excited for. He was, I think he's going to bring a really strong, like kind of horror vibe to it, which fits well with, with the Doctor Strange kind of world and, and vibe. Um, you know, there was a shot of the zombie Scarlet Witch from uh, Marvel's What If, which we discussed on the podcast back in the summer last year sometime, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, and the only thing that I wanted to say here is that I just continue to be totally in awe of Marvel's planning and execution for its cinematic universe. I mean, you know, I was... Uh, I've been watching Peacemaker with my wife and she enjoyed it. And so we went back and watched uh, Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad, the newer one with mm-hmm. James Gunn. And as we were looking for that movie in HBO Max, she was like, wait, are there two movies both called Suicide Squad? And I was like, yeah, this one like wasn't very good and nobody really liked it. It had Will Smith in it. And then this one is like, you know, people liked it a lot more. And it's and like even just explaining it, I felt like so dumb. And this is right after like a couple of months after I'd gone into like really exhaustive detail with her about the whole Justice League debacle and all the stuff that happened with that film. And it's long and like bizarre road to to uh, multiple releases and it just really like struck me that like DC's universe is like such a mess, even if there's these little pieces of, of gold in it. And then Marvel can be like, okay, we're making a spinoff TV series. That's supposed to just be, you know, some fun storylines that like our thought exercises and all of this is totally hypothetical. Ha ha ha. Except actually no bam, it's not like <laughs> we're going to bring Elizabeth Olsen back for the Dr. Strange movie for, you know, who knows how big of a role and, you know, she might be a zombie from from one of these universes. And it, I'm just I'm just totally blown away. And it opens a lot of doors for uh, other, you know, kind of character remixes from that. What if universe to leak into the regular Marvel universe that we know and love? Like, I think Star-Lord T'Challa is officially out um, just due to Chadwick Boseman's um, sad passing. But um you know, maybe the Agent Carter from that universe or the Natasha Romanoff from that universe, who was pretty badass from uh, from the zombies uh, uh, one could could come back. So I'm just uh, I'm just in awe, like the planning, <laughs> the large scale planning is is just absolutely mind blowing to me. And I don't think anyone has ever done anything like this where there's a decades long storyline across movies tv shows and you can't actually fully grasp the continuity no and unless that's you the thing. It's unless like you the keep continuity, up just the logistics of making that continuity smooth and and not have conflicts and it is impressive um and i remember you know the like being you know when they started to go in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and being like, oh my gosh, they actually do are paying attention to what happened in these films. And it was just like, you know, there was like a stopgap between different releases and um, it is incredibly complicated. And well, I mean, it makes DC, it really is kind of sad because I feel like um, DC should hire whoever is uh, 
doing the Marvel. Kevin Feige, I think yeah, I think, it's the, I think it's the top of the ladder. <laughs> and wouldn't you love to? Wouldn't you pay to see Kevin Feige's crazy wall in his like office that only he? Can oh, get I know, into? I know, it's crazy. But um, but yeah, no, I have not seen the trailer for this, but I was pretty excited when you talked about it. Uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad one of us saw it. <laughs> so yeah. we'll have to check it out. But no, I think it may be. I mean, maybe it does open the door. For um, I would be excited to see Natasha Romanoff from that universe come in, um, but maybe maybe that's just wishful thinking. But we'll see. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There, there was there's a lot of of uh, rich stuff to plumb from that just short that brief anthology what if series. Uh, so yeah, and we've just plumbed quite a lot from from a literally. I don't want to I don't want to overemphasize it. It was a perhaps less than one second shot from the trailer. So we could be totally off base with all of this, but it certainly got people talking. It's fun to imagine it though. Marvel (laughs) zombies uh, in what if started as a one second clip of, of Captain America and then it turned into a whole episode. So um, when does the movie come out? Do we know? I mean, it comes out, uh, I think in May. Yeah. It's this year sometime. I think it's in May. I think it's going to be sort of the start off of the the summer season. So, so Star Wars Day, May fourth. Oh, no. oh, really? Okay. Oh, nice. Well, they're not comp- They're D- Disney's just competing with itself now. Uh, yes, so. I mean, it was inevitable when you have that many IPs. I guess. Um, all right, so that's that's our news. Lots of great things out there to enjoy. Uh, in here, however, in the school in Hyosan High School. Uh, we have two episodes to get through today, episodes eight and nine. Uh, that's kind of weird that they don't have names, but also, I guess not, because you know, whatever. What are you going to call these episodes? Uh, we left our heroes hanging on the door to the roof while a Black Hawk helicopter had landed or um, was like hovering right on the edge of the roof to pick up the one survivor who was out there. His name is Cholsul. He had heard them banging on the door and had kind of made up his mind not to open it because he had a flashback of Yunji, his nerd friend, saying, I wish everybody would die. Uh, and so he's like, I, I think we're supposed to take away from that. He's subscribed to this. He's like, no, they don't deserve to be rescued, even if he thinks they're real or he might think that they might be mixed in with zombies. Uh, and and he's, he tells the, the soldiers, no, well, it's just me. Let's get out of here. Yep. Uh, and, he uh, even sees it like, like, well, we'll get to it. Oh, in yeah. a minute. But he, 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 he's, you know, He's made some very specific decisions here. That he are has not- cemented his fate by by right. the end of this sequence. Yes. <laughs> and at first I was like, yeah, Chosol, don't worry. You don't have to go downstairs with Yunji. She's being insane and worried about Facebook posts. You should stay up here on the roof where it's safe. So I was totally within his camp. But then these actions undermine all of well uh, i could even yeah. i mean well you know i could even get on board with him not necessarily laying them up because he's scared that they might be bitten or mm-hmm. whatever and that's fine um but then you know there's there's ways to figure that out but um but i think it was a bit of a, a cliffhanger though too for yeah. the last episode because guinam uh, had come up the stairs in a very in very dramatic fashion. Um, <laughs> they are really concerned because uh, Bear Sue had thrown him off a building, so that didn't stick. Um, and he was, you know, he comes up the stairs carrying the zombie girl, and like, you know, he's terrifying. And, Looking awesome. 
Yeah. It's, 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 it's awesome. like, like it, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like totally team Guinam at this point. I'm like, what? my boy, he's getting thrown out of windows and he's climbing back up. He gets thrown <sighs> off the roof and he's climbing back up. He's just constantly eating. I'm, I'm, I'm actually like on team Guinam these days. He's, I, that guy I has so much I charisma. I appreciate that you like his perseverance, but what's his motivation? He, well, so he wants he wants Chong Sung's eye. <laughs> he keeps talking about it. He wants the eye. Okay. He wants uh, his two dollars. I kind of wish um. we knew more about Guinam's like home life, his upbringing. Why is he this way? Why is he so angry? Uh, and is it purely about all of his relationships at school? Because that's all we really know about him. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think I think usually there's more going on, but I think in general he's treated like the dumb muscle, and he's tired of being the dumb muscle, and now he's got power and he had been kind of, you know, being just just definitely part of this bullying crowd. And, and the, he was the person that got to carry out a lot of the, the punishments and, and all that kind of thing. But um, now he's in a position of power and he's going to use it. Um, but I agree, though, I think that he makes a very good enemy and kind of a cool enemy. Um, so I'm on I'm on board as far as that's concerned. He's a little he's a little odd, though. Um, so I don't the, know uh, that the half bees, as they start to be referred <laughs> to, as you calls yeah, them as, uh, calls yeah, as the sh- as the characters get more familiar with them, uh, they tend um, to have um, kind of uh, intense fixations, uh, you know, kind of irrational fixations on on goals. Um, so that, that it's the same with um, Nayan. Is that no, 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 not Nayan. Namra. Namra. Thank you. Um, she, uh, you know, had that that phone thing going on um, that predated her zombification, but like seemed to intensify with the zombie. Oh, you're talking about Yunji, I think. Oh, Yunji, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah. Sorry, I'm. Uh, so, in any case, like, like that that might be driving some of this. Is I, I do think he's like well and truly insane in, I, in there, I, I, even yeah. if he can still speak and, and move but around. The other thing I was really hoping for in these two episodes, and maybe it's still to come. I don't know. I want to show down between some of the half bees a little bit. We got a little bit of it that here in this, in, pit- in this exact scene. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, honestly, this, exactly- this scene kind of oversold that to me because yep. they had it. I mean, Namra just starts to turn, turns quite quickly, uh, chokes out Guinam easily and then throws him down the stairs. Right. And it's like, right. Wow. Okay. She's fully, she's born fully formed as a, as a badass, as a badass half bee. Um, but, but then later, but yes. then later we don't see as much and, this, and that's confusing. Well, to in me. the subsequent um, episode, she, she takes like, I mean, yeah, we can get to it, but we can, I mean, let's just address it. Yeah, she, fine. it takes like a minute of screen time to turn. And then she kind of does a weak, a really weak stick attack. She does eventually pull it off, but it seems like, wait, this first scene, she basically, picks him up with one hand and throws him down the stairs. And the next one, it, it's way harder for her in the next episode. My only thought was that she had a little bit more leverage leverage in this one because she was standing above him. So maybe that helped. But what I was really hoping for in, in these episodes was actually for him and Yunji to have a like some kind of a standoff because he was one of the main perpetrators of yeah. her embarrassment with the video and making her take her clothes off and you know, if anybody has an axe to grind with him, it's her. So I kind of thought that that's where they were going to go with it. Well, but maybe later, maybe later that'll happen. Possibly. But at this point, by the time we leave episode nine, 
Yunji and Queenam are like miles apart. Right. Uh, That's why I was sort of like, oh, yeah. I didn't do that. <laughs> she's basically so. like probably in, in military custody or something like that. Yeah. Certainly it seems like she's next upon. next on the cutting block for uh, for vivisection. Yeah. Um, so after the uh, and H.A., you called this last time. You were like, that door says it'll open if it if it's uh, if there's a fire. And after Namra, not Namra, after Yunji starts a fire inside uh, in the teacher's lounge, uh, the doors, you know, unlock. Uh, and I thought that actually the scene where she was out in the playing uh, in the playing field and just kept seeing people who were really mean to her, that series yeah. of shots, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, it only just yeah. underscores her her rage. Yeah. And, and we get her motivation. It's very clear what her motivation is. And now nobody can stop her. And she she is in a position of power, too. So weirdly, she and Guinam are in kind of similar situations. They just don't realize it. They have a lot of common ground. They could be best friends in another universe. Their drive is very similar. That's why I'm confused about Namra. Other than just being like kind of a cold sociopath uh, with a heart of gold, I don't understand what her major drive is. It, it, it's not just Bearsu, I feel like. No. no. So what? Uh, yeah. So she's she's a little bit. She stands apart from those two as a half beat. But I did think with the fire thing, there was a few things. Well, so when I saw that on the door, I thought the kids were going to figure out some way to set off the alarm. I didn't really anticipate that Yoongi was going to try to burn the school down, which was great. Um, what I don't know is, like, did the sprinkler systems go off or is this building still burning? Because they're kind of like up on that roof for hours. They, there um, were scenes of the sprinklers going off. Yeah. And, and I don't think she's a very good uh, fire starter. Yeah, she can, she can like starts the fire and then she just pieces out and go finds a bicycle to ride around with. So like she doesn't she doesn't stick around to make sure the whole place you know burns all the way to the ground. So I guess I wanted to see more of the the flames being completely quenched or something because ah. that's all I kept thinking about. I was like, well, is it gonna collapse the rest of the school? Is it like what's gonna? Yeah. Happen? Anyway. I, I don't think there was enough uh, enough fuel in that office other than just papers. Like if she'd found some wooden furniture or something, but also that school is like all tile. And, and plaster. I don't know that it's going to burn without is, a massive but you amount have of the, You have like the, the zombies running through and then kind of running out of there. That's, so, I that did, thought, yeah. so I kind of thought that they would be their own little fire starters and kind of keep, keep it going. But I digress. In any case, it gets them up to the roof. Um, and we see a little bit more. I mean, because obviously Bersu, um and uh, like they, they have seen him. Sorry, they have seen what their, their faces when um, when Namra throws, <laughs> throws Queen Nam down the stairs are pretty good. Um, but, you know, this is, it's sort of like this moment where they don't know what to do and they kind of talk about it. And obviously they knew from before that something was going on with her, but this is confirmation. And then they talk about the fact um, that Bearsu had thrown Queen Nam down, like what four stories or something is what he said. Um, and so they're kind of talking through that. Um, but I don't like they, they didn't come to a very good solution here, in my opinion. But, hey, you know, Bersu cl- closes that argument by saying, hey, would you leave Anjo behind? Yeah, and and Chunkan, of course, is going to be like, yeah, OK, cool. We're cool. Uh, but we've we've also had the scene of Cholso seeing them all get out onto the roof when the two soldiers are like looking at their guns or something. <laughs> not, looking yeah. Outside. Yeah, not very observant, not, not a high level looking. of situational awareness. <laughs> and he's just like, OK, yeah, I see them, but I'm going to just look uncomfortable. But uh, let's just keep going. Pretend they're not there. Um, so our, our team of 
I guess there's nine of them, as it gets pointed out later. Uh, our nine survivors um, are waving. Um, and then there's a, a nice SOS sign making montage. Yeah, you know, it's really funny that as they were doing this, I'm like, huh, do they even know what that means? <laughs> and then there's a whole conversation <laughs> and then about it. Like a whole thing around <laughs> it. Uh, I even wrote in my notes and then they start talking about it. I'm like, all right, scratch that. <laughs> well, here's here's the 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 poll. Do you guys what did you guys think it stood for? Or what do oh, you it think saved, it stands it for? Save our ship. Yeah, save I thought it was save our souls. Yes, you can Google, uh, you know, you look it up and it, it it may stand for either of those things, but I don't think it actually does. I think it's just like an SOS, uh, like a, a mo- uh, it's an easy thing to put in Morse code. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it doesn't, st- I, I've always thought it was save our souls too. And I think that's just urban legend. Um, I thought it was specifically for the ship thing, but maybe I'm making that up. It was established for maritime use. I'm doing a little bit of research on the and internet right now. Research while we're online. <laughs> I think it, uh, it probably is just that it's easy to do in Morse code. It is associated with phrases such as save our uh, souls okay, or save our okay. ship. I guess the reason why I thought about it was that it thought it was that was because that it was like sailors tended to use it. So I guess that's what I, I just assumed. And I apparently am wrong. Daisu comes up with a couple of, I forget what his, uh, one of them doesn't even have any S's in it. I think it's just like a direct translation from Korean it's like rescue us quickly. <laughs> I'm like, that yeah, quick, he said something like quick to save or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, that, so, uh, but it's it's another one of their like Desu driven poop conversation style uh, discussions, which I I like. Uh, and it ends. It's got like twangy guitar music. It's our every episode, not every episode, but a lot of these episodes have a moment like this, and it's 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 a nice little break. Uh, even though you know Guinam has been on the inside of that door punching it until he breaks his arm <laughs> which is pretty disgusting <laughs> mm. uh yeah uh so yunji has found a bicycle she rides down the road it is another sort of scene that is like almost idyllic if it weren't for this like the the what we're looking at which is you know pe- zombies and, and vehicles and destruction well it's kind of like a cool sequence with her because it's basically you know in this world where she had no power at all and now she's suddenly top of the food chain and gets to kind of see all these people that were were terrible to her um, and we see that sequence that she's like walking through the field and then she hops on the bike and she's just like all right i'm gonna just do this and she's just gliding through this complete city the city that's just like in chaos um, and kind of merrily going ar- along for a bit anyway. I thought it was um, interesting in these two episodes that these three halfbees that we know have all kind of had a, I'm, now I'm a powerful, I'm a god, I rule this school sort of moment. I mean, that's mostly yep. Guinam, but also Yunji to an extent. And then yep. in this episode, as like uh, the military gets more involved, you see that they are pretty vulnerable also. Um, I mean, you know, when Yunji, when she finally gets taken down at the end of episode or in the middle of episode nine, she fights five soldiers <laughs> at yeah. once, but uh, they, you know, their their like supposed uh, invulnerability is is shaken pretty pretty quickly. Um, and then we've got a little bit more with the, you know, we have a lot with the kids on the roof, um, bonding, basically talking around this fire, talking to each other about secrets. Um, yeah, and that's it, that's a little more melodrama, and I don't understand this compulsion to to do truth 
truth or truth, yeah. I guess, on the roof uh, around that fire. But it, it does take up a lot of time. I was more interested in the scenes of Jay Ick on the roof with Orange Gibberish, yeah, which no. happened earlier in the day. I, I liked I liked the kids on the roof playing, you know, truth or dare or whatever. That It seemed very, very true to high school to me. And I, I liked their little grasp at any kind of normalcy. So I, I, I was touched by those scenes. I kind Even of though they were it. they were pretty like brutally honest, like uh, mm-hmm. saying, I never liked you, Namra. I always hated you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's 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 truth or dare when you've just been when everyone's suffering from PTSD, basically, like they've just been through some unimaginably brutal shit. So they're not going to, you know, not going to sugarcoat things anymore. But right. But I also think that there's I mean, they're highlighting a lot of different things here. Um, one is the whole the whole thing that high school is really awful for anybody to go through, but there's, you know, that, that whole idea that, Oh, that person's really popular. That person has everything going for them. And sort of the the playing ground is, is evened out here because everybody's kind of going through their own, um, you know, personal problems and, and hell and all that stuff. So, um, you know, and assumptions that people are making about each other or the way that, and, and I think they're pretty, honest though too about their own sort of like um negative actions towards each other and then you know basically saying at the end of this i'd sit on a roof around a fire with you again which i think is kind of sweet that um, is sweet and it's great will- that chung san finally comes out and, and tells yeah. anjo he likes her but it doesn't <laughs> go so rough, well that's a rough go of it for poor it, <laughs> it's also i found it kind of awesome that daesu admits that he has the hots for hari the archery lady I know. which is why he's been calling Wu jin i think is his name yeah, brother. uh, brother-in-law since episode one and i had no <laughs> i'd never understood what that was about and then it's like oh my gosh that's that's incredible but also uh, okay the other cultural thing that you know the the whole song that dice he, he sings is very um i mean i it's it's something that they all know clearly um but it, the translation is really strange yeah about, like those like, lyrics the lyrics are kind of rough <laughs> or the translation of those lyrics are rough, but I thought that that was kind of like a cool thing um, because, you know, this is something so different to hear, but so it's um, like a song about studying all day and then sweating or drooling onto your books and then going to get some food afterwards or something along those lines. Yeah. But it's also like, like there's this great stew that my mom makes and noodles. And this is like this whole, but it's like, it, it's just, I just thought that was kind of like, just like a cool little, addition it was a nice um, sing-along right but um you know you gotta have a sing-along around a campfire every so often um, but but i think we should talk about uh jay ick and orange gibberish because that was also i loved that particular sequence uh that jay ick kind of treats everybody around him like they're a dumbass uh he's well, kind they of kind of are yeah <laughs> no but 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 it crosses a line is that in this episode like when uh when uh the the college student, the, the graduate student or whatever he calls him, comes back with the bus, which is awesome. They're, they're stuck on the roof. He and Orange Gibberish, Jake and, and Orange Gibberish. And then the graduate student comes rolling up with the two kids in a big school bus, knocking over zombies and basically there to save him. I expected him to press the horn and have it be like. And then like they get in the bus and then he's like, why'd you run away? You're such a jerk. Like, fuck you. And that was half hearted. It was oh, yeah. half-hearted, but it came off a little too mean. I don't think the actor's playing it quite as like you know gentle ribbing as he as he should be. It sounded really, but, but really you know cool. what, Kyle? Because even the discussion with Orange Gibberish and Jayek on the roof, 
there's a whole talk, their whole conversation about traders mm-hmm. and specifically related to the college, the grad student. And Orange Gibberish is like, oh, we can just cancel him. You have to cancel traders. So there's <laughs> definitely some undertone, something that they're trying to get across here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, you know, I do think grad student certainly has redeemed himself in this case and in a pretty big way. Oh, I, yeah. I like I liked the whole thing. And, you know, and he's he's stepping up in ways that I don't think we anticipated because, you know, he tells the little girl to shut her eyes, just yeah. like Jake had told her and stuff like that. So he's weirdly he kept- irrepressible. Like, yeah. even though he's being, you know, kind of kicked while he's driving, he's like, hey, I came back for you. It's all good. Right. And when they're getting lit up by the military later, he's like, oh, we're being saved. <laughs> insane. But I, I really did enjoy the the conversations between Jayek and Orange Gibberish, where he's just like, "What? Like and subscribe? You think you you think you're going to get anything with that? You freaking idiot! If you were my brother, I would have killed you." Uh, and I just, I mean, I don't know how much is getting lost in translation, and I don't know about the delivery if it is a little bit too, too hardcore. But Jayek is just always he's, he's dealing out some pretty um, harsh language, and I did like his attempt to distract the zombies with by throwing buckets, even though it turned out they didn't need to do it. But also, like, despite the fact that that was like a humorous exchange, Orange Gibberish does have a point, which is that nobody outside has known what's been going on. Yeah. And even though he did not necessarily execute it in a good way, <laughs> he's just like, oh, people should know what's happening. So I don't, you know, I, I think that there's a couple of interesting observations you can make about that. And, um, you know, I think that's deliberate. Um, so, you know, they're making, then, they're making him into this ridiculous character, but he did, he was showing some things, whether people believe it, believe it or not, he is somebody who came in and was showing what was actually happening, happening in the town. So yeah, as, as evidenced by the comments on his like live stream, like, you know, some people probably did like take this situation more seriously by watching what he was going through. Right. So, um, but anyway, and we have them in the bus and then, you know, uh, or <laughs> you, you, Yoonji, her, her idyllic bicycle ride cut short by a bus. Um, and I, I do have to say, like, the way she flew off the bike and then gets up and Jay, it's like, are you OK? That was just kind of like it was ridiculous. It's very dark comedy. But, you know, she's got a little like like cut on her head but uh, she manages yeah. to get up off the ground the foley so. work makes it sound like it's a pretty deep wound because yeah. it's really like yeah. icky uh the, the sound of her touching it sounds like she's probably putting her finger into her skull yep uh but also like the wounds that this girl has on her body i mean i guess there is some sort of healing factor for the half bees uh but how did she get into the quarantine camp at all? Well, like, cause even when, cause she puts her hair up and you can't see anything on her neck or shoulders anymore. And that's, I mean, we all saw the scene where that she had like something like three or four zombies on her yeah. biting her neck and shoulders. So that's all gone. So it must, there must be something that's healing in terms of that, because I just don't, there's no way she would have made it into the camp with, with bites on her. Right. That you guys yeah. are actually helping solve a, a plot problem with me from the following episode. So this is, this is helpful because when the, so it just to, to briefly skip ahead in the next episode, they realize that you can have what they're calling asymptomatic zombies and they kind of lock down the whole military camp and don't let anyone else in. And the main military guy is like, anybody could be carrying this and be a unsymptomatic like uh, person and I'm, and I was just kind of like, look for bites, dude. Like, l- just like, look for people who have 
who have bite wounds on their body, they're pretty distinctive kinds of wounds. And if someone doesn't have a bite wound, then they're definitely not a zombie. But if, if there is some sort of healing factor and they are checking for bites on the way in and they still didn't catch, um, you know, that Yunji was, was infected, then that kind of closes that, um, that plot hole for me. So yeah. And I mean, I think it, I think it has to, because I mean, they're showing even when she's walking through the field, I mean, she was chewed upon. Yeah. All mm-hmm. over her shoulders and everything. There was no question about it. And, and exhibit um, Guinam, right? Yeah. Like he, after he breaks his wrist, like his hand is completely mangled after he's punched that door. Uh, then you, you have a scene of him waking up later and he climbs up the, the drain pipe. Like he, his hand is now functional again. So it and just, you can kind of hear that popping and whatever. And even yeah. when he got thrown, you know, thrown off the building, it, he, when he's getting up, he kind of like is realigning himself. I mean, he it's freaky to watch, but I do think that there has to be some super healing something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right, Kyle. I I just thought it was odd. I was kind of wondering if maybe she had hit him, but like I couldn't figure out how she even got into the camp. Um, but I guess that's how. <laughs> so other than the head wound she has, nothing else is kind of indicating. Pretty much immediately here, they're picked up by the military, right? That happens like yep. as they're like looking at her on the ground. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> we don't see them get actually like, picked right, up right. so much as uh, shot, you know, at. shot at many times. But, <laughs> they don't uh, stay hopefully. in their bus for very long. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Seoul University is is right in his optimistic <laughs> opinion about that in- exchange where he's like, this is a rescue. I'm like, no, it seems like you're going to get killed. But OK, um, there's a there's another part of episode eight which I found to be kind of sad, uh, which is the nyan element. Yeah, the nyan um, and even, we find out what happens to Ms. Park. Yeah, if we believe that, I mean, it's flashback, but I think there's no reason to think that that didn't go that way. Um, but nyan who we last had, like you know, in episode whatever three or four, who was just irredeemably a bad a bad person. Um, like had murdered Gangsu through her underhanded devious mechanics now is like fully re- on her way to redemption anyway through through the flashback with Mrs. Park whose final words to her are go back to your friends um you know do one nice thing and and yeah. she's watched the the uh the videos of the um of the classmates saying like oh I'm so hungry and I think the the icing on the cake is Chong San's uh testimonial which we haven't seen on the show until she watches it uh where he starts off saying hey mom and dad i think you got you're, you're probably great oh and by the way gyeongsu's dead and it was my fault uh, mm-hmm. and i think that's like a huge moment for nyan and honestly i'm like chungsen is a real stand-up guy like he's not gonna throw anybody under the bus during this he's just trying to keep it positive other than the fact that he's taking the blame and saying we should have given gyeongsu a job and i but i, I really found that to be quite affecting uh, and emotionally it kind of it hit me it was good it's but it's also a little bit weird because even with the flashback with mrs park mrs or ms park she's taking responsibility for why um like saying that she uh that she backed uh she backed her into a corner yeah she backed her into a corner and it's like okay yeah i guess i could see sort of that except nyan made the decision to take a, an infected zombie thing and put it on him nyan was yeah. absolutely wrong but I think she, what, what she's seeing here is people modeling behavior of standing true, true. up and taking responsibility, whereas Nyan never took responsibility, right? True. And so then she's on her way to doing it because she's like, okay, I'm going to get food. I'm going to bring it to my friends. 
and uh, hopefully they'll forgive me. And unfortunately, her path to redemption is cut short. So short. (laughs) Well, I I think this is something that we might come back to at the end of episode nine as well. But this this show is very uh, cut and dry about karmic retribution. Yes, it is. Uh, So like if you do something bad in this show, you're like pretty much guaranteed to become a zombie. Like it's it's just like and it's often very like immediate like next episode kind of thing like so the the character arcs getting cut short is i think like it's 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 by design it's it has to happen to her at at the most kind of like in the in the dramatic sense of the word the most ironic moment um, yeah. right so uh it, i thought that was interesting i'm also gratified that somebody is finally thinking about fucking food yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually make its way to the roof but uh, we're, we're going to come back to this next episode as well, where there's just something that drive is, you know, drives me totally insane from a logistics perspective. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure they would have been grateful for, for that food had she, had she made it up there, but now um, my boy, Guinam, <laughs> yeah. he, he kind of toys with her just a little bit too. Like it's a 30 second conversation where he's like, Hey, you hungry? Uh, is that food? Uh, I have to get to the roof. And then I didn't, then he just kills her. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see her turn. Uh, I think we can all assume it. We also don't see Mrs. Park turn. Uh, and I'm curious if her, dr- her driven nature to protect children will express itself in becoming a half bee. Didn't so, we see her kind of outside of the, the She was room? outside the room. She was getting twitchy, but they all get twitchy. The half bees get twitchy too. And then she stumbles away and you don't see her face right. entirely. Well, maybe, maybe we will see her again. Right, so um, is it, is it, is it a given that that people bitten by half bees become half bees? I mean, we've seen only like no. The dean turned into a regular zombie after oh, yeah. uh, Yunji right. ate his guts. Yeah, okay. so it's not a given. Um, but... So Na- Nayeon might be a smart zombie, or she might just be a regular zombie. I think person. she's done because he really like we we see like that There's so much that... blood. There's a lot of blood, and mm. I feel like in when the he's next eating episode, her finger. Yeah, and I feel like in the next episode we see like her guts all over the floor, like it's her on the floor in the hallway. I think so. Mm, that's a, someone think. else in the stairwell. I think. Oh, is uh, it? That was uh, a previous anyway. uh, that somehow somebody had gotten cut in half in the like on day one. Um, also, we should mention the other group of students that's in the the gymnasium, the archery practice um, area. This is not like a huge part of the show except that they're in there they're also kind of seeing the helicopter leaving um they're you know there's a lot of discussion over the colleges so they're also bonding in the gymnasium and they have their injured friend in there with them um but hari is like you know talking about how she didn't make the national team and is being comforted by <laughs> I, i'm sorry i can't remember the name of the Mijin. other Mijin, who's just like, well, if everybody's zombies, you'll make the team. And but again, there's <laughs> like it's just sort of the the discussion about the pressure that's on these kids to like get into college and what happens if they don't. Um, and we've seen this as like a repeating theme um, throughout the show. Um, and so I feel like that commentary is probably going to continue. Yeah, um, I got to feel it, like the the counter argument to like, it's so hard to get into college has to be now, like there's probably a hundred thousand fewer applicants. Yeah, so, maybe. maybe. But the point, I think the point is, is that like the classism and the economic disparity, like yeah. this all starts here basically. And so 
Um, that's, I'm just wanted to, since they keep bringing it up in the show, it should, you know, I just get frustrated by these, by these discussions that seem so out of touch with their situation where they're like, yeah, it's going to be hard to get into college. Like, dude, you have to survive. (laughs) Well, what do people do when they're in like weird situations? They talk about things that are completely inane and normal. So I think that that probably makes sense. I do like the, um, the archery, uh, instruction because it's not very easy to do that so i did like how they didn't make it easy mm-hmm. um for you know and, and harry's like yeah it's like in, it's giving instruction but it's like a very difficult thing to do so i did like that although i'm suspecting they'll all be amazing now right now that they've had this time to practice but we'll see um like she but, said even a bad uh, a bad archer is better than no archer right true true um and so this episode ends with Guinam getting to the, to the rooftop. Uh, Anjo is being depressed on one side of the roof because somehow Chang San admitting that he's in love with her means that now she's not cool with him anymore. So they're having like this a separate moment and Guinam comes up on the roof right next to her, which, um, which leads right into the next episode with uh, like Bear Su and Chang San all trying to, everybody really trying to fight uh, Guinam, and and this is the part where I'm a little frustrated with the mechanics of the half bees, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe Guinam is super pumped up because he just ate Nyan and he's like all full of uh, extra vigor because of that. And what, meanwhile, Namra hasn't eaten a person, um, and she used up her her strength throwing him down the stairs earlier. But it that's takes all, her that's so how I read long. it. By the way, the, you did that that she's hungry because in the later in this episode she talks about like feeling she, weak. She yeah. feels she feels weak. Yeah. I thought that was just because it was raining. I, one of the things I did like, which I was a little disappointed in the fight scene after, was him how he made his way to the roof and you could hear him on the pipe yeah. and it coming up. Um, so I thought that was like really great. Um, and I can be on Kyle's side in, in a way just because he's such a great enemy <laughs> to have. It's like um, the Terminator. He just, keeps, he just keeps coming back, you know? It's the third time he's been... No, well... I guess he wasn't killed after Namra threw him down the stairs, but he should have been injured at least. But yeah, comes on back. And I, I've noted that a lot of the times the thing that they clean, they kind of like the thing with his eye, either depending on when they're showing him or not, like he he's looking a little David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. He's looking a little Terminator. Then it's suddenly like totally cleaned up and he looks normal. So I think that's kind of a continuity thing, but um, or maybe it's a, the weird thing where, you know, we sometimes see Namra, sort of shift so maybe there's something weird with the virus that makes him look either more or less zombified the other the other missed opportunity i think they had here is um in the initial rooftop fight way back in episode one that was nyan who was on the roof with them is that true no who was the girl who was on the roof? With she them? was she patient beta. She was the girl oh, who got bit okay. by the hamster and then ended up going to hospital and spreading okay. it to the entire city. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I thought there, you know, there was, there was kind of a little bit of a parallel with the two rooftop fights, but they, they didn't like emphasize it at all. Like they didn't shoot it in the same way. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it would have been nice to kind of like tie narratively some stuff yeah. back to that initial um, fights and some of the same people were there but now that i'm now that i'm understanding who was on that rooftop it, w- it would have been narratively difficult to get all those people back again but i was like couldn't i have come up to the roof and then you know there's there's a str- even a stronger kind of like parallel between the two but getting my people confused but she does i mean look uh namra does throw him off so that's kind of 
that's she succeeds finally with that um yeah but he like they don't even waste much time in the show before they show him getting back up again but he's definitely more banged up uh like his one of his arms and one of his legs aren't working properly and it kind of stays that way for the rest of the episode um because he also there's, there's this dry thunderstorm that's been starting also and um they don't take too long before they start showing that the lightning and th- the thunder is really having a, uh, an effect on the uh, on Guinam and on Namra because and, and the uh, and the full zombies too. So well, the, well, the two, the, the two big things is just that they run around looking crazy. The, the two big things that happen in this episode, like essentially half the episode is the soldiers um, coming to retrieve the laptop, and the other half is the is the thunder and lightning storm. So before, the, before it starts raining, the helicopter comes with the, the strike team on it. Right. right. And then, I mean, and there's a lot of flipping back and forth, like finally you're like, okay, they're going to get the laptop. Finally, these guys are going to get rescued. Although I assumed that they weren't going to because, because we still have Anjo's dad out there. He's out there, out there trying to get to the school. Um, So I was like, they just can't, pull them away or maybe that i was like maybe they'll pull them away and he just as he gets there or something like that um and then we also see a lot more just with the military and how they're sort of processing the idea that this information is out there um because jay has gotten in and and gotten like when they're rescued he's talking to them about the fact that this laptop exists and um that there's that there's potentially a cure or research that could help them with this um so you know, uh, like the flipping back and forth sort of seeing what's happening at the quarantine camp and then at the school and the sort of the, the communication um, between, you know, the team and, and the commanding officer who's back at the base. Um, it's really I don't I, I kind of liked it, but it was also like this really tough. There are some really tough scenes um, as they figure it out. And this is also juxtaposed over. Um, the attack at the quarantine camp when they figure out that there are asymptomatic half bees or whatever they are. I mean, um, we know that there are. We also know that there's only like four of them. We haven't seen Mr. Right. Lee since he came back in the police station. He must be out there too. Yeah. But I mean, and maybe there's been more who have been made in the in the interim that we haven't seen. But it's, it's, it's yeah. So as an audience, we're like, oh, don't you know, rescue these poor children. For Pete's sake, one of them is a half bee. Okay, granted. I thought it was funny when they take her temperature, Namra's, and they're like, oh, she's a little chilly. Let's give her a blanket. I'm like, isn't the cold temperature exactly what you're looking for? <laughs> like, this is, or what is the temperature thing that they're doing if it's not to find the cold ones? Well, I think they still think it's like, they, they think there's like fever or something, maybe. I no, don't know. I think they, I think it's really cold because when they take the temperature of the people who have they're the cold. virus, it's like, uh, and this all the all the thermometer readings are in Celsius, so I'm not super great at converting. But it's like 29 instead of 36 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's I mean, and then there's also you know, seeing how like the decisions that the military is having to make because this is a bunch of kids on the roof, and then the command is, oh, if they fight, you shoot them. But then he gets and, really into the idea of shooting them, doesn't he? Yeah, like, they're like, not even yeah, fighting. It's like too into, they're not even doing anything, and he's like, shoot them now! I know, and the guy, <laughs> the, the soldiers on the roof are just like, just be quiet, please. Poor like, Jimin, man. She even, like, she had her hands on the helicopter after being winched up there. Oh, I know. And then they, they send her back down. I mean, if I was that sergeant, master sergeant or whatever his rank was, I would just say, you kids all lie down, put your hands on your heads instead of this like standoff where he keeps wasting ammo into the air. Uh, but 
I also, I, I mean, I get it. Like he at least is not a terrible person like his boss. Who's like, just shoot those children. Uh, and I like the fact that they showed that he was super unhappy with the way that that unfolded. But I do also want to pay attention to the fact that it was really cool the way they went into the science uh, oh, yeah. classroom and oh, yeah. had overlapping fields of fire and they were bounding in there uh, coming in and, and getting back out again. And they used the helicopter for the light support. I mean, it was just so cool. That was just a really cool scene. But they, they had no problem with the zombies either. Like, no, this is not a situation where like the strike force is like, oh, my God, there's too many. We're under attack. Like, no, they're just like, we get we totally got this. No problem. Even, you know, even non-zombified is just a bunch of high school students that were just like shooting in the face. Right. Um, and then we also have uh, the kids in the gymnasium always left out of the party. Yeah. Um, and I did like I did like the idea that, you know, wherever the helicopters were going the because of the sound the rest of the zombies are kind of like tracking that and so they had to to sort of like they they were in a bad way because they were trying to like get in get in over there and then realize that the sound of the helicopters was going to drive them all right towards them and things like that so i thought that that was great um just editing and, and storytelling on that end of things. But the, those kids, it feels like they're never going to, they're, they're in even a worse shape than the kids on the roof. They are, um, but they're also the badasses. Like, it I doesn't, like it's frustrating to me how little progress that team has made in well, the last they're four now episodes. Saddled, they're now saddled with the, with the, the injured guy, guy, which is really slowing them down. Yeah, how deep can that wound be? There's not even like visible blood. I know they bandaged it and put clothes on over it, but he's not still bleeding. Like, just please, that guy can walk. He can get up and walk. I don't know. It's a pretty deep belly wound or something that he's got going on. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of, I was kind of on the commander's side in a way. I mean, they were going to bring Namra on that helicopter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a theoretical threat that he's protecting against. Like. He, he actually was totally right that there was a unsymptomatic zombie amongst that group. So yes, murder the children is still like where. You okay. Can't... Okay. Okay. Murder the children was a step too far, but I, I did agree that, you know, maybe, you know, getting the laptop back so they can review the material should really be the most important thing at the moment. And totally. they don't want that helicopter crash. Well, also, well, also remember the commander has seen the footage where uh, Cholsu gets totally destroyed by yeah. a happy. And, and, and yeah, Yunji is like taking out five soldiers or it takes five soldiers to restrain her. Right. Uh, I, I do think there was know. a missed opportunity for on the rooftop where Chong San or somebody could have said, please, we haven't had any food or water in three days. Can you please give just us give, us some, give us some MREs? Yeah. And well, <laughs> like some bottles of water, please. Uh, they don't even, I mean, I, I can get it. They wouldn't have the presence of mind to ask for that, but at least that's, you know, they probably had, they definitely had that stuff on the helo. They could just throw it down. But, no. but they did get the rain. Don't rem- don't forget they got the rain. But they, they, got it, but they didn't collect it at all. I know, this Kyle. I knew that <laughs> was going to standing there. I'm like, get a bucket, get a get a tray, get your shoes out. Like any collect, you're going to be slurping this off the tarmac in four hours if you don't find some way to collect this stuff. And they're just standing there with their hands out and their mouths open. I was so stupid. I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also. Aside from that, we also have the um, the assemblywoman, Yoon-hee, who is, you know, it seems like she's doing the right thing and taking responsibility for Anjo's dad 
um, you know, going to to rescue her and be basically being like, oh, I'm so sympathetic because he's a dad going to get his daughter. And then it turns out that she's actually using this for political uh, clout um, to basically get more votes down the line. Um, so she has ulterior motives. Um, and, you know, I just thought that that was an interesting little separate narrative. Yeah. Happening. Um, we'll see and- how separate it stays because it kind of continues to build um as the camp goes into further quarantine mode um and and did you notice that the camera kept zooming in on her face during her testimonial like you yeah. could even see it on the little zoom bar at the bottom like the software of the <laughs> of the camp camcorder uh, view some like nobody was touching it but it was just doing this automatically it was zooming in on her face as she gave her impassioned speech i thought it was overwrought i think they didn't need to say I didn't think she needed to end with, I will always be on the side of the powerless citizens. That to me was a, a little too much. And she could have just said the thing about wanting to, you know, support the, the parent and then left it at that. Cause the rest of it could just be inferred. Um, right. But that's just me. Soju has been in the streets. Meanwhile, um, right. trying to get to school and he, we've seen him like drawing a map. He has to cross the river. He's got a lake. It's basically like a mile. It looks like he has to go through the city and he's doing great. He's making a lot of progress. Then he has a conversation with a mannequin. Uh, <laughs> and then this guy apparently is right behind him. Who's <laughs> crashed a car right behind him. And uh, he's, he's faced with a quandary, uh, a moral decision as a firefighter and like a rescue guy. Uh, can he rescue this pregnant woman from a car crash? And her distraught there's husband? Honestly, but there's honestly very little he can do, like unless you have a Jaws of Life, which he doesn't. And like, I feel terrible. Like, I think he's in this horrible position because he he understands more than anything because he's going to rescue his own daughter. Um, but there really is. Not, I don't know that there was anything that he can do here. No. Well, and he does more than he ought to. Uh, he does more than might be sensible by giving this guy his shotgun right. and some ramen and water. And then he's like, I'm out. Uh, it almost goes badly. But then, you know, the guy's. I guess not a murderer, but he is, he is going to die. Like he and his wife are done. done. Um, And Soju just kind of runs off into the, into the darkness. I I am worried about him because I think when we leave everybody at the end of this episode, there's, I mean, maybe he'll just like reunite with them at the school, right at this critical moment we're about to get into in episode 10, but it doesn't feel, uh, it feels like they might miss each other. And I'm, I'm a little concerned it's going to be a misconnection, I think. Yeah. Um, but basically, now that they know that the the zombies are sensitive to lightning or a bit disorganized or or distracted because of the thunder and lightning, um, they've made they're making a plan. And also, I mean, honestly, they know that they're on their own now because the military's abandoned them. So they're like, well, we can't just stay here. Yeah. Props to Chung Sen for coming yep. to that conclusion. Yeah. And so, you know, they make a whole plan. Um, there's like, I do feel like this is like sort of sad. I feel so, so badly for, for Daisu. Nobody wants got, to hold his hand. Nobody <laughs> wants to hold Daisu's hand. And even I though felt so bad for him, he's got the great singing voice. I admit this impacted me more than I, like, I was like, oh, Daisu. He even makes the first move. Like he, he's the first one to thrust out his hand to somebody. And then they to just everyone. <laughs> just his hand is like always there out of focus as people are having conversations. <laughs> It's just bad. Um, but anyway, they're making a plan to get to the mountain, um, which I believe is the same mountain that Orange Gibberish came down to get into the town. So I think maybe all points lead to the mountain at some, you know, for I have a, for I have a question about the rooftop folks. And 
trying to think back over all these episodes. Like, obviously, the archery squad are stone cold killers. Like they they're doing great. They're they've got arrows to the necks of like twenty zombies littering out around the gymnasium. Have the rooftop gang actually killed any zombie? They pushed the guy out the window. But have they actually killed any zombies at all so far? I, I mean, think I think so. they've like hit them or blocked them off. I can't recall that they have. Like, no. I can't remember a single like like uh, uh, you know pointed object through the head or throat that that team has done, and and they and they don't have any weapons at all, and so that that is what makes me think that they must meet up with the archery squad on their way up the mountain because if they get into just open terrain with zombies around and no weaponry like i have no idea what these kids are going to do because they have they have no track record of killing zombies at all well the only thing that they've done is you know they they kind of jumped out of the way to get them out the window that's what they've yeah. done and that's what they did with um, they've, they've done a lot of pushing out of windows and off of roofs right. but, but that they always kill. get not, up and run away yeah. right but not with implementations right not with yeah. anything that we've seen um not what we've seen from the bathroom crew um, so no, you're right. We'll have to see what happens. Um, and then, you know, we also, I, I'm guessing that the archery team people will somehow maybe join up with them or something like that. Cause I feel like everybody's kind of trying to get, get away from the school at this point. Um, and my sat, my, my wish that, uh, Johnson's mom would somehow take down green Om or have some battle of protection, was dashed at the end of this episode. So tragic, so predictable, and yet so tragic. Like, as soon as they're running along the outside of the school, I'm like, they're going to run into his mom on their way out of school. And, and there <laughs> and she I do, is. I mean, that's the thing, though, is that, like, I don't know, like, the fact that she's, it's even more horrible because she's wearing that apron with his face plastered right <sighs> on it. Although, like, thankfully, just... it's just out of frame. Like, he can't quite see it because the, uh, the, the, truck. Uh, the truck is right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, the but way that, that they handled this, though, too, like having him have a vision of her being alive, yeah. but also kind of intermixed with her zombie face. Uh, it, yeah, gotten the, getting those feels. I mean, if we'll see, we'll see how this goes. This is where the episode ends. They're, all of his friends are underneath that truck. I don't know how they aren't seeing her feet, uh, but they are. Maybe they're taking a left turn or something. This is also the truck that the spiky haired bully was hiding underneath. So I wonder if he's around. Yeah, maybe he'll make an appearance. Uh, um, hope, hope not. I did not. I, again, did not go ahead just because it's like it was very tempting, but I did not. Such a commitment um, and time to, to try and move ahead. I got to say, like, um, you know, uh, most most episodes in the streaming or most uh, series in the streaming area have settled into this kind of like six to ten episode range for for length of, of, a, of a season. Um. Or of a series, if it's a if it's a uh, you know one one off kind of thing, and I just am totally unprepared to commit <clears throat> like twelve. It seems so long, and I'm just like, how yes. long can this story go on? And and what baffles me about it is that we used to regularly make these kind of commitments on a way bigger scale. You know, like Lost was like twenty five hour long episodes in one season and it ran I for know, seven right? seasons it's like hundreds of hours of that television show and and i just can't 
I can't, that's, that's, that's three seasons worth of material in this modern age. And it just blows my mind how much we used to just commit to one storyline because I'm finding, you know, I'm enjoying the show a lot, but I'm finding 12 episodes to be a surprisingly large, large lift in this. Right. But I, I think that the difference is format too, because now we have the capability of binging, especially with something like this, it's released all at once. Lost was, you know, a one time a week thing and Either eight months at a time. Yeah. That's right. True. Like you didn't, that w- it was definitely spread out. So the time commitment didn't feel quite so onerous, I think. Um, but in this, I think it's honestly just the difference in how we consume stuff now. It would be really interesting to see the, the, the data, the metrics on how this show specifically has been consumed considering its <laughs> massive length and you know how long <laughs> how, how long the episodes are yeah uh, there's a variability in episode length too where you know lost was always a you know a brisk 42 minutes without right. commercials and mm-hmm. you know this is anywhere from 40 to 120 minutes per episode i, I right. get the impression since we are seeing more like reaction videos on youtube and and people writing like this is the end of uh, this is what happens at the end of all of us are dead and here's my thoughts about you know how how season two could go like we're just, I feel like I'm seeing more of that now. So it's yeah. taking people a long time to get through all of this. And, and, and so no, it should. Whereas a lot of other shows that drop all, uh, you know, on a day, you get a lot of those reaction, that reaction news and videos almost immediately. Yeah, and it's kind of insane. Well, and also, I mean, I, you, the things that we talked about at the beginning was how, how are they going to fill this much time in this many episodes? And if each episode is X amount of time and with a storyline like this, I do think that there's we and Stuart and I talked a little bit about this, I think last week, like I definitely think there's places where they could have edited and didn't have to like go so far. I, I think they probably could have cut this down. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's flabby. I mean, and and uh, as we talked about in, in a prior episode, like they do a lot of the same stuff multiple right, times, like not one helicopter comes, but two helicopters right, come right. and like they, you know, there's not one stairwell fight, but like four stairwell fights at this point. So like, yeah, they, it, it's a, there, there's a lot of editing that that could have been done, but, um, but the pace is part of the appeal to it. Some, in some ways, like it's, oh yeah, yeah, it would, it would feel different if they were just like, you know, bam, 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 everything is moving forward. So predictions for episode 10, uh, I'm, I'm thinking archery crew, soju and, you know, homeroom two, five, probably all get reunited. I think they're going to combine um, and, you know, sort of join forces and then they'll have, and then, you know, Kyle's fear about this group that has no killing skills, (laughs) like no survival skills, really. (laughs) Um, Maybe, maybe. Okay. Um, I think obviously I think Guinam and Namra have to have another show off uh, showdown uh, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like somehow um, the OG professor guy, the maths teacher, has to somehow make an appearance in here. Maybe other than um, in his vlog, which is really depressing. Right? <laughs> his yeah, vlog, it's horrible. His vlog episodes where he's just like, I have I have some hope. I have no hope. I went to a shaman. He gave me this piece of paper. He said it was going to fix everything crying yeah. scene uh, well right <laughs> and then always in the background of his vlogs it's like his wife and his son rolling around on the floor making noise <laughs> i wonder what their neighbors are thinking because like they're not quiet um mm-hmm. and they're just kind of changed i mean the other question all along i've had is like okay so his son is kind of in the bed 
he's got his wife like chained to the bedstead up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like <laughs> he's he's you know, I think I think we can all agree that he went off the deep end quite a while ago. Um, and so I don't know what we'll see more of this. I'm sure we'll see more of his vlog as we continue the episodes, but and more of him, I, as you said, I think he has to come back. We'll see him yeah. in what way. I think the quarantine camp is going to get overrun somehow. I, I imagine anyway, now that there's think, two zombies think, in there. Do you think that uh, Yunji is going to, I feel like she's going to take a bite out of somebody. Why aren't these two zombies that they have gagged? Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have, I have two, uh, I have a short-term and a long-term uh, prediction. Um, my short-term prediction is I think that the way that the archery gang is going to unite with the crew is that they're going to save Chong San from his mom by shooting his mom. Hmm. so i think like she's gonna like run at him and he's gonna freeze because it's his mom and then like arrow to the face that's my that's my short-term prediction and then it like creates this like irrational but like emotional like rift between the two groups um i i could see because he did freeze and that was kind of the end of the episode so and they're and they're just like emerging from the little like uh storage cubby that they've been hiding in or something like that but so we have really little a little very little idea of how far away they actually are in yeah. the gym versus the main school building it hasn't really been that well um established other than that one flyover shot but yeah i think that's that's it's it's either him or it's either them or soju but yeah right. soju has no more weapons so i don't know <laughs> what he's gonna do and then the second thing is that uh like chong san has like a really strong like martyr complex yeah, like he's constantly being like, "You guys go, I'll stay. Like, I'll go out here. Like, go on without me. Leave me here. Do you know? I'm gonna go fight this." And so, like, I just feel like that's gonna come back to bite him at some point, and he's gonna <laughs> like basically <laughs> make the 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 ultimate sacrifice because um, they've just been setting it up too much that he's like, you know, has has this almost like pathological need to to sacrifice himself for his ah, for his but don't you think he's just mirroring his mom's actions because that's what she did it's right? true so and, and she's think, a zombie and now she's a zombie so yeah. <laughs> i think well i also think that the impact of the fact that anjo has basically rejected him or was upset about the fact i mean the whole but, thing yeah on the you're room, right she has basically rejected him yeah like he's on it's it's like you feel kind of you have I feel so badly for him when he's on the roof and he's like, you don't have to like me back. And it's like, so awful. And, <laughs> um, you know, and maybe she'll come around cause we do have an inkling that she might have some of those feelings for him or at least cares deeply for him. But you know, it, she had strongly, she had just put him into the friend zone or whatever you might want to call it. Um, but I kind of feel like because she's not returning those feelings and he's basically like, you don't have to like me back, but I'm still going to protect you and go all out for you. I feel like you're right, Kyle, that that's going to not end well for him. Um, and he even, I don't know, he, he's been doing this kind of all along. Like he's been very worried about her welfare and, just kind of put himself out there in a way that's probably not the healthiest in this particular environment. So mm. we shall see. Yeah. Uh, but we shall see uh, next time, I guess on reanimated when we come back to do episodes 10 and 11, 
and that will leave only one episode 12 i don't think that we can do three in one in one episode I don't of the think podcast, we can. yeah sadly uh so that means we have a couple more times to get back together before we can uh put all of us are dead to bed and um i for one i'm looking forward to it i'm also looking forward to being done with this show because it is just <laughs> it's it's a yeah like we've already established it's a big oh. sandwich but I think they have already renewed it for another season. Oh or, my God. Are you, think, are you serious? <laughs> or they're hinting at that. Um, I did not read the articles. As I said, I was afraid of getting spoiled. So I did not dive into it. But one of the headlines was about a season two. So I, mean, maybe- I saw a headline that talked about a season two. I just wasn't sure if, if it that was, was not. speculation. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, for now, though, I think we shall, we shall bid our fair listeners adieu. Um, come on back next time and and uh, have a listen to our next episode on All of Us Are Dead. In the meantime, you can let us know what you think on Twitter, Reanimated Pcast, uh, on email, reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com, and our show notes with links to those articles that we talked about earlier will be at reanimatedpodcast.com. For me, Stuart, I'm saying thanks for listening and ta-ta. <laughs> Ciao. Thanks for listening. Catch on the flip side. Yes. Hey. Boom. Flawless. <laughs> <Lawless. laughs>